I'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to give me your thoughts about the previous year on the Lutheran Cartographer, what you liked and what could be improved. If you could go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020 survey, I'd appreciate it. Let's get into the show. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 56. Welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we're going to Sheridan, Wyoming to talk to Pastor Rene Castellero, who is the assistant pastor of Emmanuel Lutheran Church and also the lead teacher of their classical Lutheran school there. Pastor Castellero, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Nice to be here and join all of you who are listening in. Help orient us geographically. Where exactly is Sheridan in Wyoming? All right. So the best way I can explain um, where Sheridan is, is take a normal eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. We'll call that Wyoming. Point to the very middle of the piece of paper. Go straight up to the top border. That's where we're at, right at the uh, foothills of the Bighorn Mountains. Okay. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where have you been before, and how did you come to Sheridan? Well, I was born somewhere in Minnesota. My mom tells me somewhere in the woods. Uh, Then after that, we moved to Illinois, of all places. And I grew up in McHenry County, for all those who who might know where that is, in the Crystal Lake, Woodstock area. And uh, we lived on a farm for there, uh, there for quite some time. Um, That's pretty close to Chicago, which then led me, of course, going to Concordia, Chicago for undergrad, uh, where I was for, of course, the four years. Absolutely wonderful time there. Um, Then after I graduated, I moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana to go go to Concordia Theological Seminary, graduated from seminary in 2017. Uh, And then my call out of seminary was to Sheridan, Wyoming, where I've been happily ever since. Wonderful. So how would you compare and contrast some of those different places? Um, Let's see here. I'm going to start with Sheridan. Um, Well, Sheridan is colder than everywhere I've lived before. It's hotter than everywhere I've lived before. And it's drier than everywhere I have lived before. I remember when I first showed up, um, I moved here uh, June 1st in 2017, And some of the members were helping me unload the U-Haul that I showed up in. And uh, what did he say? Yeah, we got done moving. We're halfway done. And when I moved out of Fort Wayne, it had to be 90 degrees, you know, 90% humidity, pouring, thunderstorming all outside when we were loading that U-Haul. The stuff wasn't even dry when we were unpacking it there up here in Sheridan yet. And when we were (laughs) – David was his name. And he's breaking a sweat, lifting up boxes, moving it into the house. And he's complaining, it is so hot today. It was 75 degrees, like 1% humidity outside. And my wife, Martha, and I were just like walking around, not breaking a sweat at all, thinking, hey, this is pretty great. This isn't wet at all. This is fantastic. Four years later, uh, I think I now get leave the house at when it's 75 degrees outside and it's sunny, and now I think that's just a little too hot, uh, a little uncomfortable. We get that sun beating down on you, and you think it's dry heat, right? That's awesome. Um, everyone coming from the Midwest loves the dry heat. But the problem with the dryness that we have out here 
is that it's so dry. Now, this is going to sound disgusting, so if you got a queasy stomach, you might as well stop listening. But you don't sweat out here. Well, you do, of course. But the sweat evaporates. So if you're trying to exercise, do lawn work outside in the mid-afternoon, you're going to love the fact it's dry heat until you realize, man, you're thirsty. Uh, and you get thirsty really fast. It's, it, it's so dry that everything evaporates really, really quickly. Uh, and it's impossible to stay cool um, in, the, in the summer. Um, and that's probably one of the, when it comes to climate, when it's more challenging, we try running, my, my wife and I would run out here and we would have to go either in the mornings or in the evenings, because if it's midday, forget it. It's just too hot. You overheat that fast. So it's definitely hotter than we have been. Now, when it comes to the cold and to the winters is the first winter we were out here, we got a ton of snow. Absolutely love it. And that's one of my favorite things. Love snow. But it's a very dry snow also, so a very light, fluffy, airy snow. Not as much of that good Midwestern blizzard, heavy stuff that you break your back while it's shoveling. Um, but uh, because of its dryness, if it's 32 degrees in summer, uh, 32 degrees and sunny out, you could probably walk outside in just a T-shirt. And if you're going to go check your mail, you're not going to notice the difference between inside and out. Absolutely fantastic uh, when it's here. So, of course, um, some of the other differences, not just climate-wise, but geographically, the mountains are gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I only halfway joke around with the locals here that when Christ returns on Judgment Day, he's going to take a pit stop in Sheridan, Wyoming, because of how beautiful it is. Although I will not be disappointed if he goes the same way, if he returns the same way that he went and he goes straight there for the Middle East. Totally understand, Jesus. Uh, but I really think you should take a pit stop pit stop here. Absolutely beautiful. Um, you can't get any better than this. You said earlier um, that you, you think there's no better place to live than where you're at, but uh, you got to come out here. I think I'll change your mind. All right. It will change your mind. Good deal. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the best things about Sheridan. You've mentioned the, the weather, the beauty. What other things would you say these are great things about being here? Well, I have to, I mean, you, you would think that it's typical to say, but honestly, my congregation, Emmanuel, is absolutely fantastic. Um, I like to halfway jokingly say uh, that I think I won call day um, because I really do heartfelt believe that I got, this is the best congregation I could have ever been placed in. I love my members. Um, uh, believe it or not, my members love me. So that works worth pretty well between both. I teach full-time in the classical school here during the school year, and I, I love that. I never thought I would love it as much as that as I do, but that in and of itself is enough for me to want to stay here and share it in the rest of my life, is the congregation, the people, um, the opportunity to be a Lutheran, be a confessional Lutheran. Um, many other places in the country um, might find it a little bit more of a challenge uh, to profess such strong convictions of Lutheranism, but not here. Um, here in Sheridan, uh, in my congregation, they kind of expect it, uh, you to, ha to have that strong strength when it comes to your confession and to lead them in the same way, too. It's been a great place that people want to uh, live Lutheran and learn to, be, learn to be Lutheran. So some of the other really cool things about living in Sheridan proper— is definitely the different things that you can do here. If you're somebody who who's, uh, enjoys the city life, not your place. 
I'm just going to say that outright. Not the place. Uh, I think people from the city could visit. Yeah, they could visit. Um, they can visit when they come out here. But a lot of the stuff to do is definitely outdoors. The first thing you want to do when you show up to Sheridan is go into the mountains. The second thing you want to do in Sheridan is go to the mountains. The third thing you want to do in Sheridan is go into the mountains. But now let's talk about the fourth thing to do. Um, if you're coming in the summer, come for the rodeo. I li I could look at the grounds. You can't see it because everybody else is listening. But I'll tell you that I could probably – well, I can't throw a rock at it. But I could probably definitely walk to it. Um, we can hear the rodeo during church uh, because it's just maybe a block and a half down from us. And so you can hear all the fun that is happening over there. So summer, come for the rodeo. Can't miss it. Um, number four. The fifth thing to do also this summer is, are you familiar with the Netflix series Longmire? I am not. Oh, it's so sad. Well, if any of your listeners are uh, familiar with Longmire, one, you should go watch it. Second, you should probably read it because the author of the books that the show is based on lives just 30, 30 32 miles down the road from Sheridan in Buffalo. And they have their own little festival for it, for the TV show, uh, called Longmire Days. So, And that happens, I think, either a week or two before or after the rodeo. I can't quite remember. But they bring some of the actors, the creator. Uh, they all come out there, and you can talk to them. Because the show is actually supposed to base itself in a fictional town that may or may not be based on Buffalo, Wyoming. Um, so it's really cool to be there for that. Number six, this is just for your listeners who are over 21 years old, uh, but, if I, um, but if anyone else, don't blame me, um, but go to the breweries that we have. We got three in town, um, three microbreweries. We got Blacktooth Brewing Company, Lum Luminous Brewing Company, and then the newest one here is Smith Alley. Uh, so that is a must-go. Every time my family members come, um, I tell them they have to be here for at least a total of three days so we can take them to one of the breweries breweries uh one one per day and it's fantastic beer you will not go won't go wrong why don't we come back to the question of things to do in town in a little bit but you've covered very well like what are the best things about sheridan let's now talk about the flip side what are some of the challenges about being there distance from family i think you'll probably get that a lot though from the pastors that you interview um distance from family is one i'm from the chicago area my wife being from missouri um so being that far away from family can be a little bit of the challenge. But even so, you're not that far from 90 and it can take you wherever you want to go. Not too far away from a from a, an airport and that will take where you want to go too. Um, but other than that, cost of living can be high. Wyoming was deceivingly high cost of living when we came out here. Maybe not high as high as where you're at. I, I find that the West Coast can be pretty pricey um, when it comes to housing costs. But for, I mean, I don't know if you've ever met a particularly wealthy pastor, um, but uh, um, spoilers, we don't make that much. So when we're looking at purchasing homes and all that, it can it can get up there pretty, pretty quick. Uh, so when you're coming out of seminary um, and you and you have student loan debt and what and whatnot, it can it can uh, add up pretty high. My wife and I don't own a home. We rent. Uh, but I was surprised by what they can, what they've been charging for rent out here too. 
So I think that's the number one. If you really want to get down to it, um, in my opinion, it's really just the cost of living. I wish we had Indiana prices out here, uh, and especially Kroger. That would be wonderful if we had a Kroger. Uh, but we don't. Um, that, and you can't get fresh fish that easy unless you go out there and fish it for yourself. Um, so if you're a fish lover, you are spoiled out there on the West Coast, aren't you? Look at you. No, your listeners can't see your smug right now, but let me tell you, you got quite the smile going because you know what you got out there. Um, but yeah, some of those kind of things. Uh, Sheridan sits two hours south of any of the bigger cities and towns. So Sheridan is probably one of the bigger ones in Wyoming. Um, population, 17,000. And then you have to go north to Billings or south to Casper. Uh, both of them are two hours, two and a half hours, which I have dubbed Wyoming close. Um, if you travel two hours anywhere, that's close uh, to me. So that's not that's not not a big deal. Where it used to be, you have to drive 15 minutes to the nearest Walmart, and that sounds like, uh, I have to drive across town. How could we? Two hours, it's like, oh, no big deal. Be home by dinner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very different in rural areas that way. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Thank you so much for a great 2020 and for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. It's been a great year. I've learned a lot of things about podcasting, and I'm sure you have some feedback for me as well, good and bad. I would appreciate it if you take a few moments of your time to go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020 survey to let me know what you liked and what you didn't and be sure and vote for your favorite episode as well. Thank you. Again, that's lutherancartographer.com slash 2020 survey. Thank you again. Let's go on and talk about what it's like to be Lutheran where you are. You mentioned how wonderfully confessional your congregation is, and you kind of alluded to the area being that way as well. What's it like to be Lutheran in Wyoming, and particularly in, particularly in Sheridan? So in Sheridan, um, we're the only Missouri Synod Lutheran church in Sheridan. So um, I am an associate pastor. So I have a senior pastor over me, Pastor Paul Kane. So you could kind of say he's the bishop of Sheridan, if you want, uh, being the fact he's the highest ranking Missouri Synod Lutheran in, in Sheridan. Um, so we're the only ones uh, along those lines. We have a halfway decent relationship with the other congregations that surround us, that are in town, um, the Anglicans um, and some of the Presbyterians and the Baptists and stuff like that. So when it comes to Lutheranism, you come to us or you go to Prince of Peace Lutheran Church down in Buffalo. Uh, I have a really good relationship with that congregation, with Pastor Jerry Heineke. His daughter comes to our school. Lovely kid, lovely kid. Um, so being Lutheran out here. You, you're talking about Lutheranism being a small world. It gets smaller when you come out here. There are fewer congregations. Um, the circus themselves are widespread. So I said earlier two hours is Wyoming close. Well, what's three and a half hours from uh, the other congregation that's in your circuit? We're not the biggest circuit, um, geographically speaking, um, and we're not, but we're farthest from, you know, a when you can have a circuit that is has all the congregations within a half hour of driving each other. Uh, but our our congregations are strive to be confessional. They're liturgical. They have many different options when it comes to services, service times, I mean, not styles. 
uh, but service times. Um, all of them are, you know, steeping themselves in the Lutheran confessions and the scriptures, and you just simply just can't go wrong. The brothers in my district, we are, we are sometimes could be closer than brothers with the fights like brothers too. Um, but unified is probably one of the better ways of describing the district as a whole, with an excellent leadership coming from District President uh, the Reverend John Hill. So great place to be a Lutheran, um, great place to be bold, great place to be confessing. Great. Let's talk about what it's like to raise a family there. I have one son, Lucas. Uh, so we, he was born January of this past year. So he's been, thank you very much. He's been an absolutely bright spot. He's got all the best things about him come from his mother. Um, all the challenges certainly come from his father, but I did give him a winning skin complexion. Uh, so he's got that going for him. Um, raising a family here has been equally, uh, a, quite a blessing, uh, being this far away from family. Yeah. You do miss out on some of the family get togethers, some of the blessings that come along through that way. But it's, it's interesting on how quickly your congregation can become a surrogate family for, for us. Uh, we have a lot of great support out here. Um, Pastor Kane is actually godfather to our son. So we actually, it works really well. We're very close, very close knit um, to, to have that kind of relationship from both working as well as personal relationship with the people that are, that are here. Um, making friends is pretty easy because we are all, well, I guess we're kind of forced to be around each other. Sheridan is <laughs> pretty far from everywhere else, isn't it? So, uh, we get along just fine making friends, making family members, uh, raising Lucas. He's got a school to go to. Um, so we don't need to send him to daycare. He just comes with me and uh, he gets to spend all day with me eventually. So that's going to be quite an interesting adventure for him uh, where he gets to go home and be with, be with dad and then go to school. And then he's suddenly in my classroom. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be a nice dynamic to learn about here not too long uh, between father and son. We'll see how much he likes me then, uh, even though right now it's all about mom. But I think that has to do with the fact that uh, he's only almost a year old. But raising a family... You can't go wrong. Just can't go wrong. Great. Talk a little bit more about the the educational options in the area. Of course, there's a classical school. Yeah, and uh, when I when you bring up educational options, I'm a for, I'm of course going to say that uh, I have the best school in town. Um, of course. If I didn't have the best school in town, why am I here? So we have the best school in town, um, classical through and through, Lutheran through and through. Uh, so if you come to Sheridan, come visit us, and we uh, I promise you we will give you, your kids, the best education that uh, you can possibly get. Um, we have a number of public schools in the area where most of our members attend. We have a small college. So I think the number one four-year university, maybe the only state university in Wyoming, is the University of Wyoming. Other than that, you have smaller localized community colleges um, in throughout the ver throughout the state. And so we have one here in town, um, Sheridan College. And uh, it's it's pretty nice. My wife works there. She her education is in vocal performance. So she gets to use her education there. Um, I'm teaching voice lessons and teaching music lessons and music theory. 
So there's a there's a lot of great opportunities out here when it comes to education. Um, and there's some other ones that are around here. A lot, a growing demographic, of course, is the homeschooling option. So we have a homeschooling co-op uh, that we work very closely with too. In fact, our school has a few has one of those families that uh, primarily homeschools, but then we also supplement and help them along as they go. All right, great. Say a little bit more about classical Lutheran education. What exactly is it for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with it, and why is it a good thing? Um, well, classical Lutheran education is definitely an education that is steeped in the Lutheran, uh, sorry, into the liberal arts. So we focus on your the chief aspects of grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Uh, so grammar being the things, the basic things that you learn. Um, Logic, how do you manipulate and how do you use the knowledge that you have gained in, in the course of uh, practical studies? And then, of course, rhetoric. Rhetoric involves more than just speaking well, but also the usage of knowledge, true knowledge, that is, um, in the world that you are living in. Um, rhetoric is not just a noun, but it's a verb. It's something you do. It's communicate, to communicate um, all of those things. Uh, so classical education focuses on baptism, uh, vocation, and catechesis, all just excellent Lutheran words that we're all very much used to. Uh, baptism, giving your identity, security, meaning, and purpose. Catechesis, training you in the ways you should go to walk in the ways of the Lord. And then, of course, vocation, which can mean in the, um, in the very narrow sense uh, it can mean that which you are called to, whether it be the ministry, the house, home, or the government, but as well as serving your neighbor through various offices, um, whether you are, what's your job again? What do you do? I'm a software developer. Software developer. See, there you go. Uh, you could be a software developer. You could be the, uh, you could be another teacher, so on and so forth. I mean, this gives you the basis of, for a lifelong, um, lo lifelong learning as opposed to just a very utilitarian approach to learning of, so how am I going to use this in the future? Well, you just have to wait and see. No, that's not how we do it. Uh, the things that we teach here, uh, the knowledge that we want to impart, is something that will propel them through their entire life. Uh, one of our kids, for example, um, you always go around, you ask kids what they want to do when they grow up, right? And uh, I got a lot of answers. You know, I got, I want to be a teacher. I want to be... Um, I want to be an engineer like my dad. I want to go into the Air Force like my dad. Uh, I want to be a bounty hunter. But probably the most um, surprising one that I heard from one of our young ladies was, I just want to be a mom. And I thought that was really quite interesting because the question then would could follow up with is, well, if you're giving, giving them this classical education, um, then how does that actually help somebody who just wants to be a young lady who just wants to be a mom? Well, just remember that parents are a child's first teacher, uh, not the teachers in the classroom, um, but the parents are the child's first teacher. And this parent now gets to deliver such a beautiful education to their children um, as they grow up, too. So classical education, has, we could go on a nice long rabbit trail. That's that's probably my hobby horse. And I think we only have 20 my, 28 minutes left of you asking me questions. And I think that if you want um, to do an excursus one day on classical education um, or maybe the schools of Missouri Senate and Lutheran schools, that would be really fun to talk about and a really big topic for another day.
All right. Sounds good. Let's go on and talk about the things that you'd recommend if you have a friend coming into town. We've already talked about the mountains, the mountains, the breweries, the rodeo. What else? Just north of us is Custer's Battlefield. We took some. We took a field trip up there, and uh, so there's a great trail you get to walk right along that ridge, and you get to see history right in front of you. They have all the markers as you go along, so that's really cool to go see and experience. Um, is Custer's Battlefield. Uh, like I said earlier, go down to Buffalo, eat at the Busy Bee, which is a one probably their best known restaurant that's down there. Um, a really neat Indian museum and art museum we have in town uh, is called the Brinton Museum. Go over there and, and visit there. You, they have a lot of coupons, so you can go there for free. If you come in the winter, uh, drive down to Casper because the, the Bighorns are great. We got some great skiing res- resorts up there. Don't get me wrong. But if you're coming here and you have a day, drive down to Casper and ski on Casper mountain again in the winter we have a you ever heard of skijoring many of our my listeners have not so okay so think of it uh like one of those rodeo games where you're racing down the track but instead of being in a uh a wagon or a cart you're on skis so all these people racing down you attach your ski you got your reins right and you're on and behind your horse, the horse goes right down the street. You're behind, and there's all these jumps and stuff that you go over. So it's really neat. And uh, I've never seen it before or heard about it before until I moved here, where all the snow, that's another thing about Sheridan, is when it comes to plowing streets, it just doesn't happen, um, except on the main roads. So the plowing that they do, they'll gather it all up, put it in the back of the snow of dump trucks, move it to another location. And then mid, I think February-ish, late January, mid-February, they take the dump trucks, fill it back up with snow, shut down a road, lay the snow down, pack it down with the tractors, and then Saturday morning you head out there and you watch these guys race down this this snow-covered trail skiing behind them. I don't know how bored someone got to come up with this, but it's absolutely brilliant to watch. Absolutely brilliant uh, to watch them race down this track and uh, go over these neat little bumps in the road and watch people go flying through it. And it's cool. You got you to gotta be there to experience it. Great. All right. So now I want to go ahead and ask about a current event that's on everyone's mind, the coronavirus. Where is Wyoming in their response from if we put let's say California and New York on one end of the scale and say South Dakota and Florida on the other end of the scale in terms of government response and the draconian lockdowns. Where's Wyoming? Governor Gordon, in my opinion, has had a very, I would say a fairly level hand in addressing the issue. He did not fall under the line of um, either extreme right away. He, I think he's a little slower to give the responses, but I don't feel like he's dishonest or in his responses or incredulous in his response. He has done a good job, in my opinion, of trying to be, to, to allow common sense 
to reign over the deal. He gave a lot of power back to the, the local authorities. For example, for a time-sharing county may not have been done what Absaroka County was doing. Or most of our cases came from Fremont County, which is more mid-south, about mid-south of uh, from here. So a good distance away, but they had a lot of cases. Uh, so Fremont County did their thing. Sheridan County did their thing. Uh, um, other counties did their thing. And very rarely did he try to put down big overarching restrictions. He early on did not put down heavy restrictions. He had to clarify uh, in his orders on what churches were and um, if places of worship were exempt or not. But also the Wyoming churches did their job and put the pressure on him to uh, qualify his statements, which of course we did. Um, so the Missouri Synod, uh, the Lutherans here, went to Governor Gordon and talked to him personally, and he heard us out. We told him what we would do and would not would and would not do, and I think we've gotten along okay. I think hindsight 2020 across the board. I think uh, the confessional Lutherans would say we probably gave too much power to the government authorities, and I think we would all get behind that. But then again, you don't have to be Lutheran to come to that conclusion either. Um, so we're, I, we'll probably be in the same camp as, say, Florida, I would say. Um, probably in that same camp. Um, you asked a really good question because, again, most of my family lives in Illinois. And if you have any Illinois listeners, you probably will – I'm sure you have Illinois listeners. Um, their response – and what they hear around them will probably be very different from the way people, the Wyoming people talk, talk about these things. The extremes that are happening in northern Illinois, where my family is, they are so ingrained in this COVID stuff. Like nothing else in the world exists but COVID. If it's not COVID, who knows? 22 or 2020 is just falling apart uh, left and right. The world's going to end. The pigs are flying. Russia is parachuting into our towns and our gates and all of those kind of things, right? So you ask them, like some of my family that are there, you're going to get a very, very different extreme. Um, my family, Martha and I, uh, we travel to Missouri for Thanksgiving. And <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say this. You can edit me out later. But uh, guess what the number one vehicle, we number one state we saw? Illinois. Nope. California. Ah, Okay. Not even joking. So if you want to put a, if you want to put in perspective of what's been going on, just get on the highway, just get on the highway and see what you see what you want uh, and see the evidence of what's going on out there. I've seen more U-Haul trucks with plates. Well, that's a not U-Haul trucks. The cars that are attached to the U-Haul trucks that tell you where the people are from. Uh, I've seen them more out of some of these uh, more lockdown states than absolutely absolutely everywhere else. But uh, your question was, how have we responded? And here I am going down rabbit trails. Well, I think you've covered pretty well how you res how Wyoming has responded, just in terms of you've already talked about how the governor took a yeah. pretty even-handed approach, maybe a little bit of overreach, but that was pushed back against. So I think we got a good 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 mm -hmm. take on it. Thank you. Good. Yeah. All right. So now as we start to close out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to point our listeners where you'd like your church's website, places to follow you online, where would you like to point our listeners? Uh, I don't really have a very good presence online. 
So you're not going to find me. Well, I guess you could find me on Facebook. But uh, Twitter, don't don't bother. Uh, Facebook, you can find me at just my name, Renee Castellero. But you can definitely go to our uh, church website, Emmanuel Lutheran Sheridan Blogspot, or look up um, yoschool.faith for Emmanuel's Classical School, Martin Luther Grammar School, and Emmanuel Academy. But um, other than this, the only place you're going to find me is talking to you or talking to Pastor Tyrell Bramwell. Um, or if you really want, you can find me at a Consortium for Classical Lutheran Education conference. You would definitely find me there uh, talking with some of our friends that are at the conferences. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Stay Lutheran, my friends. Stay Lutheran. And uh, make sure that you devote everything, of course, to God um, and trust in his providence over all of these matters. Um, Just remember, this is not the worst thing that the church has gone through before. And the church has existed before us. It will exist after us. And uh, boldly confess Christ where you go. Amen. Thank you again. God's peace. And with you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 56. Please take a moment to fill out the survey about what you liked and what could be improved about the Lutheran Cartographer. You can find that at lutherancartographer.com slash 2020 survey. Subscribe to the show if you're not already so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.